1: Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like w- how they set, kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely,
0: because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code Hysteria for 25% off. That's B O U Q S.com, promo code Hysteria. Books, promo code Hysteria.
2: I think that Reverend
0: Warnock is going to win. Yes, really? What we are watching play out in Georgia is that people are disgusted by her attempt to buy an election to pretend to be someone she is
3: not or maybe reveal who she has always been. You're going to read, well, he, could, he might make it to the top two, but Democrats lose runoffs. We got to remember, we were losing runoffs when Republicans outnumbered us. Of course we were losing. And before then, Democrats won
0: all of the runoffs because Democrats controlled everything for 130 years. So there is proof that we at one point won runoffs. We are now returning to that point and if we meet this moment with the enthusiasm, the energy, and the urgency that I know will attend this election, he absolutely can win. And John Ossoff will win against David Perdue. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'm Alyssa Monaco.
1: And that was Stacey Abrams. That wasn't Stacey Abrams this week. This was Stacey Abrams several weeks, I think three weeks ago, four mm-hmm. weeks ago. Stacy knew. You heard the incredulity in my voice when I'm like, really? Really? Stacy knew. As it stands right now, President elect Joe Biden has won Georgia by 14,000 votes, and we are headed to two runoff elections for control of the Senate. Alyssa, how amazing is Stacy Abrams?
0: Aaron. Did you know that back when Stacey Abrams was young, she was a Girl Scout who was elected to go to the National Girl Scout Conference as the representative from Mississippi? And I'd like to say now as a grown-ass woman, she is the Thin Mint of Girl Scout cookies.
1: Ooh, that's pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. This is sci-fi themed uh, because I know Stacey Abrams loves sci-fi. But did you know, Alyssa, that it's not technically possible to upload Stacey Abrams' brain into a robot because the robot would explode due to the fact that she's too smart to be digitized? Aaron, I know you're not much of a
0: deadhead, but Stacey Abrams is the Cornell May 1977 of Dead Shows. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means, but it's
1: a lot. We have listeners that will understand, I'm sure. Stacey Abrams is uh, so inspiring that if you could go back in time and show a video of her to Alexander the Great, he would have also conquered space. That's
0: a lot. Yeah. (laughs) She's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Stacey Abrams is everybody's favorite ice cream. Ooh!
1: Did you know Mm -hmm. that Stacey Abrams is so sharp that she can cut diamonds simply by making eye contact with them? Oh, you got me. That's
0: (laughs) that's you have beaten me. I that is she's she is that sharp.
1: On this week's show, we're joined by Congresswoman Katie Porter, Kieran Deal, and Riri Cheney to tackle the following questions: Where were you when they called the race? How did our favorite whiteboard ninja celebrate the Biden-Harris victory? And what's next for Donald Trump's war on reality? All this and more right now. Okay, there's a lot to cover this week, so let's get right to news. Uh, we love Stacey Abrams, but of course, she didn't do it alone. So Alyssa, can you give us a quick update about what went down in Georgia and who we have to thank for
0: it? Okay, so the thing, one of the things that we love about Stacey Abrams is that Within two seconds of people giving her credit, she wanted the credit to be shared with so many people who she had been working with. Among them, Helen Butler, Executive Director of the Georgia Coalition for People's Agenda, Deborah Scott, Executive Director for Georgia Strategic Alliance for New Directions and Unified Policies, Tamika Atkins, Executive Director of Pro Georgia. These women together, they did some fucking wild shit, Aaron. Oh and and
1: don't forget Ensei Ufot, who's the CEO of the New Georgia Project. Uh, this is like a this is like a squadron of exceptional women doing incredible stuff. So can you walk us through
0: what they did? Okay. So for a little context, Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight campaign and its allies registered more than 200,000 new voters in the run up to 2018 when Fair Fight and the New Georgia Project two organizations that were founded by Abrams tried again this year they quadrupled their gains registering more than 800,000 new voters 800,000 that's, that's so fucking many that's so many <laughs> this coalition that they put together was of first time voters many young and people of color these people put Joe Biden over the top in the state by more than 10,000 votes as of early Sunday things are getting closer And we heard today that the Secretary of State has said it will, in fact, go to a hand recount of all votes.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, we're not talking about 537 votes in Florida. We're talking about, well, uh, as of Sunday, it was more than 10,000 votes. As of Wednesday, it was 14,000 votes. Um, I don't think you're going to, I don't think you got enough hands to undo a 14,000 vote vote. Uh, no. advantage here maybe 1400 14000 i don't seems, think so. seems
0: tough everyone forgets seems Aaron. seems tough the recount in 2000 in florida was about 500 votes mhm 500 right not yeah. 14000
1: yeah um yeah and let's let's talk about the gaps in um in uh joe biden's victory and the what donald trump is kind of pathetically trying to oppose um I I do want to say before we move on from Georgia and Stacey Abrams and all the incredible people who work together to flip Georgia, um, the Senate is now in the balance because of these two Georgia Senate runoffs. Um, I think the technical term is there are a shitload of people who uh, are about to be of voting age in Georgia. Um, And if you register to vote by, I believe, December 7th, if you're one of those people, you will be able to vote in the runoff. So, um you you got to got to register to vote Georgia. Um the the two senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are truly repugnant human beings. Repugnant. Um, and they bad do people. not yeah, just just straight up just bad people. It's not even like, you know, they're not even like John Boehner style like affable with bad politics. They're just gross. They're bad. Two gross people. Georgia is a state full of good people. You don't deserve to be represented by two gross senators.
0: And let us not forget that the reason half of America even knows who the fuck David Perdue is is because he ditched his debate and went to a Trump rally and purposefully mispronounced Kamala's name. And by Kamala, I mean vice president-elect of the United States of America repeatedly because he thought it was funny. So hmm. fuck that guy. F- absolutely fuck that guy. Um,
1: let's talk about the—and I'm, I'm using the most sarcastic of air quotes here— contested uh, (laughs) nature of Joe Biden's victory. Uh, And the only person that's really contesting Joe Biden's victory are Donald Trump and the people, the the bacterial people who live inside Donald Trump's asshole. Um, Donald Trump lost the popular vote by 5 million votes. Joe Biden got 5 million more votes than Donald Trump, but we don't determine who wins by popular vote because if we did, we would have had a President Gore uh, and... uh, yeah, President Gore and a President Hillary Clinton. So, mm-hmm. um, but we we use you know we use the Electoral College because um, our system was designed to appease the whims of white slaveholders. So even under that unfair, ridiculous system, Joe Biden is on track to win more than three hundred votes in the Electoral College, which is one Pennsylvania plus one Wisconsin more than he needed to win. Like yep. he's a comfortable victory. In the states that put him over the top, Joe Biden is leading, as of Wednesday, by around 45,000 votes in Pennsylvania, 12,800 in Arizona, like we mentioned, 14,000 in Georgia, about 36,700 in Nevada, more than 20,000 votes in Wisconsin, and 148,000 votes in Michigan. So Alyssa, what does Donald Trump think he's accomplishing by filing all these lawsuits and why does he think he can what what do you what's he doing?
0: So look, we didn't expect any better of him. I mean, we didn't think he was gonna wake up, lose, and be like, Yeah, this makes sense. I'm cool with this. The the <laughs> craziest thing about his filing of lawsuits is that there are actually devoid of any facts whatsoever. Um and what he's literally trying to do is that in the verbiage of the lawsuits is disinformation. So by simply filing them, people read the the claim out loud and therefore he is spreading disinformation. I mean Aaron in the past couple of days, you know, months since election day, we have heard everything from you know, uh, uh, claims from his campaign that they can't, that they're not being allowed into, uh to view the counting. Yes, they are. Everyone says that. They are claiming. And it was on they, video. Like it was on like, I mean Pennsylvania fuck off. was streaming it. Like we could see it. Like they like, every no, everything they have said is just it's a lie. And the best one was when they said they had all these people who had, had seen fraudulent ballots tossed into a river or some shit like that. And then the person came forward and was like, so that didn't actually happen. Um what they are doing is what like Richard Nixon was even like, you know what? I'm just going to (laughs) go. Like, I'm just going to go. This is what makes sense. And, you know, back then, back during Watergate, the Republicans went to the White House and were like, dude, you got to go. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. we can't abide this. You got to go. And Donald Trump, unfortunately, has... um, because, as you know, you and I have talked about, because this was a political victory, not a moral victory, because he still got millions more votes in 2020, thanks, white suburban women, uh, mm-hmm. than he did in 2016, his supporters, either in the Senate or in the world, still feel somewhat emboldened. And the fact that members of the Senate, there was a graphic up, just a little while ago, there are only two senators, uh, I think at this point, two Republican senators who have either congratulated Joe Biden or acknowledged him as the president-elect, Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, fellow Utah ho, like me. I'm telling you, Utah, it's where it's at. (laughs) It's the the, the best, I I would say, arguably the best red state. I'm going to go with you on that one. Okay. I'm going to go with you on that one. But that's—so that's where we are. And because Donald Trump is living in a fantasy land, holed up in the White House, doing—this is a reminder—absolutely no work for the American people. He is doing nothing. He is throwing a fit. He is watching TV. He is tweeting. That is all he is doing. But because no one has come to him—I'm looking at you, Jared and Ivanka, because fuck you if you are ever going to try and tell people you— try to solve this problem, because you didn't. No one. In the Senate yesterday, uh, Nancy Cordes, one of the CBS reporters, saw Ron Johnson walking into his Senate office, and she asked him if he had spoken to Joe Biden. And he said, no, why? Because he didn't win. And that is the game that they're playing. I'm assuming it's a long game. They're worried about their reelections at some point and the Trumpers in their state. But I do have to say, Love him as I do. I'm so proud of Joe Biden for being so calm, cool, and collected. That Senate ain't never gonna work with him. So we need Mm -hmm. to come up with other ideas because Donald Trump has taken hold. Joe Biden will become president, Kamala will be vice president, but there are people who are lost and we have seen them on television the past few days. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still can take the Senate. Like those, uh, we. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just like, mean the people who are there that are Republicans right now should go kick rocks.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, there was a report in the Daily Mail um, that that Donald Trump is stinking up the White House with fast food because apparently that helps him. I don't know. I Like, after I eat fast food, I get, like, sleepy and bloated. Yes. Um, and that's not really me. That's not like breakfast of champions for me. If I'm trying to be— sharp, got to feed my body with stuff that is, like, good for me instead of just eating – eating garbage is when I'm drowning my sorrows. When I'm, like, trying to live to fight another day, you better believe I'm shoving my mouth full of kale.
0: (laughs) You know what is so delightful about that story is that it really doubles down on how fucking stupid they are because he's eating all of this fast food. Apparently others in the West Wing are also eating this fast food. And certain others in the West Wing are trying to mask the scent with rose candles. Get an ozone machine. Fucking rose candles <laughs> only make shit worse. What is wrong with you? Rose they're, candles? They're not smart in any way, shape, or form. Not oh, even, even a like, little.
1: Even like eucalyptus. Let me suggest eucalyptus. That's a that's open a smell a that is. Rose
0: open a window. Rose candles will only make it work. Yeah, Popeye rose and rose can- candles. You know that oh. you know that Trump people listen to us, and they're gonna go into the Oval Office and be like, "Have you what thought have about it? a candle collaboration with Popeye's and Rose? Can- <laughs> Popeye Rose candle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a big oh. seller on the MAGA website.
1: You know, here's my thing. It is undeniable, Alyssa, that. This country is doing a piss-poor job of handling the COVID pandemic. We are worse than every other country in the world. So bad. 230,000 people. We've set records this week for how many people are in the hospital. And, you know, like Joe Biden has mentioned, those are—families are left behind. You know, those are 200-some-thousand families that have gone through A crisis, more more, because not everybody who gets seriously ill with it dies, and to have a family member go through a serious illness isn't is a is an ordeal. Like this, we are going through a national trauma right now, and Mm -hmm. Republicans are absolutely shitting the bed in the most cruel and craven possible way. So Mm -hmm. let me just say this, Alyssa: If let's let's just say let's give it to Republicans. Let's say Democrats did. Fix races in Arizona, Republican mm. governor, Wisconsin, Democratic or uh, Republican legislature, Air, uh, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania. If they fixed races in all of these disparate states, if they're so organized and so powerful that they're able to rest the machinery of democracy and make it work in their favor maybe we should give people with those organizational skills a shot at COVID.
0: Like Totally. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, I don't
1: believe that they did that. But, you know, if they did, Republicans, give them a shot. You're doing a shitty job. The shittiest of jobs. I mean, it is is kind of a catch-22. But, you know, I think about Ron Johnson and the the emptiness in his eyes, the, like, utter glassy— Emptiness and I just don't think that he's capable of learning or, or doing anything worthwhile. He is Wisconsin's one of Wisconsin's dumbest bitches, and I and I say that <laughs> as a I mean, in a in a state with, you know, Scott Walker also, Ryan Priebus, Paul Ryan, uh Sean Duffy. A lot of dumb bitches in that state. I a lot think of competition
0: Ron, for the race to the bottom.
1: Ron Johnson really, really gives it, uh gives them some stiff competition. Uh But real quick, um, pleasant surprise in the Supreme Court this week. Possible imminent pleasant surprise. Slow your roll, girl. Slow your roll. Okay. Okay. So the Supreme Court listened to a uh, challenge of the Affordable Care Act this week uh, that was mounted by the Trump administration a couple years ago, and it's been making its way through the courts. And according to what happened during oral arguments, it seems that uh, two conservative justices are pretty opposed to throwing the whole thing out. One Mm -hmm. of them is uh, Sideshow John Roberts. (laughs) Sorry, I've just got to... Every time I hear John Roberts, I think of Bob Roberts from The Simpsons, and I just want to call him Sideshow John Roberts. (laughs) Sideshow John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, who seemed very incredulous of of throwing the whole thing out. And Brett Kavanaugh seemed Mm -hmm. very incredulous of throwing the thing out. Amy Coney Barrett's line of questioning wasn't even attacky. It was about who has standing. So Alyssa... This, to me, seems like the Supreme Court isn't going to throw out the ACA. Why are you telling me to
0: slow my roll? Because it's not done till the ink's dry. That's true. Okay. Now, do I agree with you? Yes. Do we know Brett Kavanaugh to be someone thus far who has been insightful? Not so far. His questioning, listening to it all was actually very interesting because we're nerdy. Mm-hmm. But – um We'll see, but fingers, fingers crossed, it feels like SCOTUS is in fact concerned about removing healthcare from people during a pandemic. My favorite And moment, I'm not laughing because it's not funny, but it's it, funny. no, but it's
1: it's it's funny what the fuck. It's like yeah. it's not it's not funny, haha. It's funny what the fuck, which is like most of the most of 2020. I think um I think one thing that uh, that I found very encouraging was the part where John Roberts was like, I don't think that this is what they w- wanted when they wrote the law. Like, and we're not going to, you, you tried to do this legislatively and it didn't work and we're not going to do this for you. Um, which I thought was, I thought was really encouraging. Um, so, and I also think, you know, listening to the, you know, the hearing, I thought... It seems like, okay, first of all, I think Brett Kavanaugh has a real, like, fuck-up little brother who looks up to his big brother relationship with John Roberts. I agree with you. And, And I think John Roberts is, like, for all of his flaws, very vain about undermining the credibility of the Supreme Court under his watch. And so I think, I'm hoping, and from what it sounded like yesterday, is that John Roberts is like, oh, shit. The Supreme Court is right on the precipice of having no credibility. Whatsoever. And yes. And so I need to do something about that. And Brett Kavanaugh is like, yeah, dad, okay. What what anyway? I that's <laughs> what I'm hoping. Um fingers. It's crossed. Not, it, Brett Brett Kavanaugh is not cute. And I don't ever want to believe him to be cute, but I do believe that, you know, sometimes people who are bad and can do good things. And I hope that he does the right thing in this, in this circumstance. Um before we uh, introduce the next guest, I guess we have to take a break, um, but I really want to emphasize how excited we are about the fact that we got Representative Katie Porter on.
0: I need to actually, I need our break so that I can put on my Katie Porter's whiteboard energy t-shirt. Oh my God. Um, yeah,
1: Katie Porter, representative from California's 45th. District um, is is our guest this week. We're going to take a quick break so that we can take some deep breaths and prepare. And when we come back, we're going to talk with the whiteboard goddess of uh, the uh, American legislature. So we'll be right back. And we are back, everybody. This is the part of the show where I giddily read off facts about our guest, and my smile gets so big that my face almost explodes, and the same thing happens to Alyssa. So I am super excited to welcome our guest this week, Congresswoman Katie Porter. She represents the 45th Congressional District of California. I'm a California voter, so thank you for your service to my state. Porter was born in Iowa and graduated from Yale University and Harvard Law School. She was a student of Senator Elizabeth Warren heard of her. She then became a law professor. Porter was appointed by then Attorney General Kamala Harris, heard of her, as the state's independent monitor of banks in a historic $25 billion mortgage settlement and oversaw the implementation of bank reforms for Californians. In 2018, Porter ran for the House of Representatives against a two-term incumbent, becoming the first Democrat to represent her district since 1953. She did not accept any corporate PAC money for her run. She is the single mother to three children, her ninja-like ability to demolish mediocre and or greedy folks in charge of say pharmaceutical companies, banks and the US post office have made have made her a viral star several times over. She's figured out a way to make congressional hearings both substantive and interesting. America knows that when Katie Porter takes out her whiteboard, it is over. So please welcome Katie Porter. Hi.
3: Hi, how are you?
0: Hi.
1: Congresswoman Porter, first of all, how are you? How have you been spending the past week? Have you done anything to celebrate your win and Democrats taking back the White House?
3: Well, on the day the race was called for now President-elect Biden, um, I had a few neighbors come by um, with champagne. So we had socially distant champagne on my front driveway. Um, But other than that, I've mostly been sleeping. Um, I'm tired. And I've been really thinking a lot about what we want to do next. What comes next for um, the House House representatives? What comes next for me? um, What comes next for the constituents that I represent? So
0: we like to talk about celebrating, but before anyone gets it twisted on social media, we know we celebrate today. and We're back to work tomorrow. Um, What do you see as the House's priorities with a Democratic president? And what would you like to see Biden do first?
3: Well, so I think the first and foremost thing has to be getting a grip on the pandemic. And I think a big, huge part of that is going to be um, demonstrating to the American people that they're is a safe and effective vaccine, and then learning some of the lessons from testing, which did not go well, particularly in the early months, learning some of the lessons for that in vaccine administration. So back in mid-March, I had this exchange with the director of the CDC about free testing, and yet we all know that there are still people who are receiving bills for being tested. There are still no options for free testing in many locations. Um, So I hope we learn from that and take a very public health type approach to the vaccine. Um, That's first and foremost. I'm also, in terms of the plans that Biden's rolled out, um, I'm a big flip fan of his caregiving plan, Um, and I like it both because it recognizes people who need caregivers, whether they're working parents or people caring for aging parents, um, but it also recognizes that investing in our caregiving workforce and our caregiving infrastructure is an economic investment, Um, that this is part of how we're going to build back our economy. And the statistics we've seen, as well as the painful stories that I've heard, um, you know, 80% of those who dropped out of the labor market in September were women. Um, and we're seeing a disproportionate loss of um, jobs and opportunities, um, inroads that we've made to equal pay um, and opportunities for women, particularly working mothers. So I think that caregiving plan is, is one of the parts of the Biden Build Back Better that I'm most excited about.
1: So earlier this week, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gave a pretty extensive interview to The Times discussing her frustrations with the party's dismissiveness of progressives. Your district, which covers a lot of Orange County and in recent history has been read, like we mentioned, did accept help from AOC and you won. Again, so what do you make of the assertion that AOC and the progressive wing of the party should be getting blame for many of these House losses?
3: I don't think blaming is helpful at all. Um, And I think, you know, while we're all really disappointed with the losses of some really wonderful colleagues um, and people that I treasured working with, um, we also made huge inroads in the map in 2018. Um, And obviously having Trump at the top of the ticket um, changed things from 2018. And I lost, we lost some good people. Um, But we also won a lot of good races and races in Trump districts, even with Trump on the top of the ticket, right? So think about someone like Jared Golden in Maine, um, who won mm-hmm. easily, even though it's a Trump um, district. So I, you know, I think that we should not be afraid of ideas. I don't think we should be silencing anyone. Um, I think it's important that everyone feel like they can be the voice of their district, that they can raise ideas, that they can advocate for their constituents. And whether that's Alexandria doing that for her constituents in New York, or it's, you know, Abigail's doing that for her constituents in rural Virginia, those both have a place. They both have duties to their constituents. They both have obligations to literally represent. So I think it's important not to be afraid of ideas, not to be busy labeling each other, but instead to be laying out where are the common items that we can work together on very, very quickly, um, early in the administration. And I think you can only look at the the, the first 10 bills but the House named in this past Congress, H.R. 1, For the People Act, Anti-Corruption, H.R. 2, Infrastructure, H.R. 3, Prescription Drugs, H.R. 4, Voting Rights. I could keep going. These are all shared priorities across the big spectrum of the Democratic Party. That's where we ought to be anchoring our work early in the 117th Congress.
0: Congresswoman, we have seen Trump be utterly obstructionist. And I think it's safe to say that, We shouldn't call the people who are enabling him Republicans. They're Trump Republicans. Um, From what you have seen, I've been through several transitions. I helped transition President-elect Obama in 2008 and also was in charge of preparing the White House for Mitt Romney in case he won in 2012. Based on what you're seeing, can you tell our listeners whether, you know, Joe Biden has led the way by being calm and steady? People are rightly concerned, I think. What is your point of view on what's happening and how people should be digesting the news?
3: I think it's important that we continue to only repeat the truth, which is that President-elect Biden won this race. That's why he's our president-elect, that state election officials conducted free and fair elections, um, and that this is not a close race. President-elect Biden is going to be our next president. I don't think we should be giving any air to anyone, um, regardless of whether they're in office or they're in the media, whether it's President Trump or someone else. Anybody who's airing anything other than that, in my view, is failing to be patriotic, uh, is failing to really honor the fundamental tenets of our democracy. So I think it's really important that we amplify that. Um, You know, I think one of the things that Vice President, now President-elect Biden, Mm -hmm. brings to the table is he's been in the White House. He's been through transitions. I think that it's while well, it's disappointing and it's frustrating, particularly in the middle of a pandemic and a recession, not to feel like everybody's helping the transition move forward, um, this is somebody who I think is uniquely positioned to be able to make a transition despite the president throwing up some hurdles and roadblocks that he has to dodge along the way. hmm
1: Um, Yeah. And, you know, like if a child is misbehaving, you just ignore them until they stop misbehaving and feels like we're watching a a tantrum occur. (laughs) So, um, so I mentioned your wizard of the whiteboard status during your introduction, but I have to know, have you ever used your whiteboard to demolish somebody outside of Congress, like with your kids or with a friend who is trying to challenge you on something you knew you were right about?
3: Um, I don't think I've ever used, I, mean, I use mine with my kids all the time in really? terms of making a day, um, like a plan for the day. This is where you're going. This is where you're going. Um, when I'm flying back and forth, I'll list for the kids like Monday, mom leaves, Tuesday, mom gone. You know, Anthony is our nanny. We have a nanny. Um, Anthony will be here. Like you're going to have chili. I use it for planning, um, but I think probably the only time I've used it to really sort of demolish anybody, I probably have some former students uh, from when I was a professor who would say that they felt pretty demolished. Um, but the purpose of turning to the whiteboard, really, whether you're in the classroom or you're in a, you know, in, a, in the halls of Congress, is really the same which is to illustrate a point, which is to help get everyone on the same page, having the same conversation, to be able to get to understanding or answers. So it's really a tool to focus the witness's attention, um, to help the audience understand what's going on. And that's really the same purpose that served in the classroom, to focus the student's attention and to help the class understand what was going on. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and... uh we really love it when you take the whiteboard out. Like, it is uh, it is a real highlight for, the for those text of us. The text chain
0: immediately starts, are yeah. you watching? The text chain lights
1: up between, like, multiple text chains. My college girlfriends, some of whom used to be Republicans, uh, me and Alyssa, like, we love it. Keep going with the whiteboard. too. I do
3: have um, a whiteboard that fits in my purse now, and I really like that. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's the same size as my iPad, um, and it's turquoise blue and um, I have a little magnetic pen for it so I have bigger ones but I like that one cuz I always have it <laughs> so if I'm doing something and someone's like it's Bob's birthday I can, or you know or um, you know Joella's birthday I can be like happy birthday and everyone goes wild <laughs> and they feel very special and that I can just erase I, would feel, it. I
0: would feel special I that is, love that Better than getting a greeting a, card. Doesn't getting feel a whiteboard true. from Katie Porter, you can just sort of die. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I mean, it's a lot better than having to haul around. People are like, you're hauling around a whiteboard, but I'm like, it's lighter than hauling around a pad of paper. And it's better for the environment. It's very true. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Representative Katie Porter, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations again on your reelection and best of luck with the coming term. Thank you so much. we're back. So we've gotten to the part of the show where we're joined by two more people. But before I introduce them, I want to introduce our listeners who maybe haven't listened to every episode of the show to a concept we introduced during an interview with Washington Representative Pramila Jayapal a few months back. Alyssa, you recall that interview, correct?
0: I do. I do.
1: So Representative Jayapal is one of the correctest bitches in the game. Um, She's been right about so many things in her career that we suggested when we were talking to her that she should have a gloating closet built in her congressional offices where she can go and celebrate being right. Because, you know, gloating isn't something that other people love to see. But when you have a reason to gloat, it's all you really want to do. So on that note, we are all joining you from our respective gloating closets this week. Um, I am going to bring in my two uh, co-gloaters who are joining Alyssa and and I. First up, she is gloating from Los Angeles, California, and wearing a shirt uh, festooned. Can we say festooned? Mm, yes. Festooned with with what is it? Festooned with Riri.
4: I would call them um, homosexual uh, uh, hunting cats. <laughs> they're uh, they're leopards and tigers with um, rainbow uh, whiskers and butterflies. And honestly, I feel the most subtle I've ever been. So,
1: <laughs> so Riri Cheney is joining us. Riri, Hi. how are you doing today?
4: I'm doing really well I it's so funny too because not funny but like I love doing this with you guys I love seeing you guys but like the last couple times I've been on it's like been in the wake of tragedy you know like <laughs> it really was like I was here in June and I was here in August and I don't know if you guys know know this but we really are just booked when we can make it and when we ha- we're re- we can be here so I just kept getting plagued by, like, <laughs> racial pain. Um, so this is a good day. This is—I'm feeling good. I'm feeling—I'm feeling strong. Um, my mother and I cried while watching MSNBC together on Saturday. You know, you really—I uh, mm-hmm. feel great, and I've been sleeping again, and not—even though I did have a dream on Monday night that— um. Vice President-elect Harris uh, was swooping my hair, telling me it would be okay, and apparently I'm a witch, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I want to hear more about your relationship with Dream Kamala. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I want to introduce the person gloating with us all the way from London. It is Kieran Deal. Kieran, you are on lockdown
2: in London and you are gloating. Yes, I've been enjoying myself. I will say that, you know, it's like, where were you during the election? And it's like I was looking at images of people in California celebrating in the streets, playing tubas, you know, And here I was on my computer (laughs) realizing that I'm out of vodka, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, si se puede. But it was still amazing to see. I mean, it really was. I was surprised at how... I think there were two moments for me that it was one was when um, she stepped out, when, when Kamala stepped out as VP in that speech. I think it it really did kind of take my breath away. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, like I, I really haven't seen that before. And I'm surprised that I'm a grown adult woman and that's still so powerful. How powerful is that going to be for children? You know, um, and then the second thing that really struck me was the next day when Biden, organized a task force and I was like oh that's what this means oh, that's God. what this means. like it's like yes yes there's going to be news like we're getting professionals together to try to fix it you know and I was like there's there's actually a level of I, I was surprised that it kind of did take the 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 angst down um in the way that it did because I think I've been playing it a little a little cool
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah me too yeah
2: I mean, Alyssa,
1: you um, you were on East Coast time, so you're probably awake when they called the race for Biden, which I was not. Um, how did you react, and and what happened over the next hours in uh, Casa Maestro Monaco?
0: In Casa Maestro Monaco, it was like one of those things. You didn't like it; just kind of happened, like all of a sudden. You're like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. Um, I thought we would have gotten a little bit more of a like Jake Tapper head nod, like <laughs> it's coming. Mm -hmm. But instead, so I'm not going to – it really – for me, in 2008, uh, I had been in the headquarters in Chicago and everyone else was down at Grant Park. And I was scared to leave the office because I thought it would be bad luck if I did. And so the girls came and got me and they were like, fuck this shit, let's go. And we get on the trolley because we shut down Lakeshore Drive. To have a trolley system to bring people down to Grant Park because we're awesome. and we get on the trolley. And as we pull up, Wolf Blitzer is on the jumbotrons calling it Barack Obama. And again, we felt totally unprepared for that moment. Brad Pitt was standing there crying. I like elbow checked him out of the way. and it it was the it was hearing Wolf Blitzer say it. It was hearing Wolf Blitzer say it that I was like, I just burst into tears, obviously, even though we knew he won for like days, you Mm -hmm. know, like knock wood. But no, I got real sad and then I was just real tired. I was like, whoa, I'm so tired. Let's sit down. And I ordered some Kamala Madam Vice President t-shirts. I found them on Etsy. Sure did. Ooh, the merch that's coming. (laughs) Am I the only one who hasn't ordered Kamala merch? Well, here's the thing. You're probably smart because let's be (laughs) honest, anything that we ordered on Saturday – there was going to be better versions of it that come out, but I just had to have it because in my demented COVID mentality, I'm like, what if they run out? (laughs) What if they run out? I got to have something. Uh, So I did that.
1: Um, Kieran, I'm curious, um, like you're staying with your family in London and Kamala is the first ever South Asian woman. She's South Asian and black, but like it has that had a significance to your family
2: in the UK? Yeah my mom well my mom was like well, we should go we should go to the inauguration i'm ordering tickets i'm ordering tickets so she's like already gone on the website to order tickets and then she's like you also need to order tickets this is a crapshoot and i was like i thought that was i don't think my parents have ever wanted to go to a go to an inauguration before she's a child of immigrants do you know what i mean who like and a very unconventional like you know she got married late in life she's just everything about her is like so so different and inspiring and then the fact that she said that she wouldn't be the the last one you know Mm -hmm. i think was also like a like that was really great to hear because it's so often that there will be a moment of exceptionalism that's one person and it's great Mm -hmm. to hear somebody have the idea that i'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of people and then it's about you know pushing this narrative forward as we as we walk into Mm -hmm. the future together
1: Hmm. Uh, Riri, what happened after you and your mom got done? Uh, like, t- tell me about your weekend of mm-hmm, mm-hmm, celebrating mm-hmm. the Biden win.
4: Well, let's see. I couldn't get through to my mother for two hours because she was booked, busy, and blessed. Um, <laughs> uh, what happened? What happened was it was supposed to rain in LA on Saturday, so I had a plan. I was going to make a soup. I was going to go through this basket of shit I hadn't done. And then later I was going to make my friend a pasta. That was like my plan for the day. It was how I was going to like respectfully wait. And then I woke (laughs) up to dings on my phone and then like a deep anger that the sun was out because I just didn't like know what was going on. And my phone kept going off and I, I picked my body up and I started hearing like white people singing. So, like, I live in a um, historically musical hippie canyon. It's, like, they it's now f- filled with folk who just really love to have record players, you know? <laughs> so before I even, like, had a moment to realize what was going on, like, my body kind of knew what was going on, which was um, pretty amazing and and very lovely and strange. And people were playing Motown and Queen and, like, and I got to sing out and, and I, when I started singing, they were respectfully demurred because they felt like a ethnic vibrato entering the space. And so <laughs> they let me have the space. But it was, it was very, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I've, I've, I was relieved, I guess. Um I. I read a lot about like dissociation and like dealing with trauma last week because I wasn't able to like understand my reaction to like the past week where I like, I couldn't really engage with anyone. And I was just like waiting to not just be disappointed for like myself to be disappointed. And Mm -hmm. that was let go. And, and I had to, then keep going i like didn't i just really didn't understand what was going to happen after tuesday so it was just a very strange experience so my phone starts just blowing up and i you know i met my friends who were in my pod and we drink every grape in america i had had every (laughs) i had every fine grape in this country and i apologize to everyone else but it was watching their speeches when um Kamala stepped out I just burst into tears. I just burst into tears because it's just it's so huge and I realized part of like my coping mechanism over the last 4 years where I've become I've grown into myself and become far more progressive and more active but also I held on to this ideal that this country's lack of respect of the like lives of black women would never like be countered or shown like that we were going to be okay and so even during the primaries, I was like, I I think I might vote for this person possibly, but I don't think anyone would want black women to have anything because they don't they don't like us very much. And and I didn't realize like how deeply that was in my body. So it like came out while I was wearing like a rainbow flag cape, um, <laughs> just, just fully, just it was it's really amazing. And I think about my little sister who is an AKA, so she is just like. Oh, my gosh. Flying, flying. And I FaceTimed her. And she was studying. She was studying for her, like, bio. Like, she's in a post-bac program. She's trying to become a doctor. And she's sending me ski wee videos. And it's just, (laughs) it is monstrously huge for the women in this country. And, yeah, we have to keep accountability and move on and everything else. But for a moment, it was very lovely.
1: Yeah. We get this next couple weeks. Like, we get some time to enjoy this, we get some time to celebrate. Like I'm, I've seen a little bit of like a lot, and it's all from white mm-hmm. guys. Like, oh well, mm-hmm. Kamala, this, this, and this. It's like, look, we know we're not dumb. We don't think that she's like the perfect person. We don't think everything she believes in is perfect. But let us be fucking happy right now because I we're we're gonna
4: be sorry exactly. Like, and like that, like white smugness, you can fucking keep it, man. Like. <laughs> wrong podcast but really like it is so it like if you can't have the empathy to understand what's happening right now then you don't understand what's been happening for the last couple years and by couple years i mean centuries so like Mm -hmm. so just please hold some grace for the other people around you like God, your your engagement levels don't matter that much because my dude, you're not really engaging with a population that really gives a fuck. So like mm-hmm. please take so many seats.
2: <laughs> I could not agree more. And in terms of in terms of representation, it's like I was watching SNL with like Maya Rudolph, and I was like, oh, so there's like a half Indian president before there's ever been a South Asian person on SNL. So there is true there is truly like still a massive, massive issue, just representation in this country that is very, very real and why it feels, I think, so particularly special. And you find that even as a grown adult, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was internalizing that there are glass ceilings in this country. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, talk about like, like the the idea of dissociation, I think is so, I haven't made the connection yet, but when you said that Riri, I was like, oh yeah, that's exactly. mm -hmm." I mean, through a different level of experience. But, like, through election week, I was like, I can't quite be super – like, I can't be happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when I found – I found out about it, I was asleep. Uh, And I live in a neighborhood um, that is, like – I live kind of by Dodger Stadium in L.A., which is, like – it's a gentrifying neighborhood that still has, like, a lot – like, our neighbors are – we have, like – this, like Latin American pop singer who lives like right down the street. And then there's okay. like families that have been there forever, like multi-generational families that have been there forever, like young white professionals, all kinds of people, you know, in this in this area. And I, I woke up to the sound of cheering just mm-hmm. like all around. And it was like all the people that lived in my very diverse little pocket were like, and I and I was like, oh my gosh! And I picked up my phone and I put on Twitter, and it was like, oh, they called it, they called it. And Josh was like in the living room, and I yelled, they called it, and he was like, whoa! <laughs> and then that was sort of, it, it felt sort of like anacly, it didn't really hit me what had happened until later that day. I kept hearing, I mean, the because the the noise mm-hmm. was constant. Yeah, it was, it, all it, it was just an I am not complaining. It was but it was like constant and around like midday it just was like building and I was like I feel like something is maybe going on on Sunset which is this this big street near me and I and I walked down there by myself and it had erupted into a like sesame street Ooh, dance yeah. party with like yeah including, like, gay Muppets. Like, it was, like, the most colorful characters in the neighborhood plus, like, families that live in the neighborhood. Like, some of the kids that were there I, I've, like, seen walking to school. Like, it was, like, everyone had gathered there. There were people dancing with signs. There were people, like, the co- the traffic was, like, being slowed because of the dance party mm-hmm. in the street all the cars were honking with joy, not rage. People had rolled down their windows, were high fiving passers by. People were openly drinking in the streets, but nobody was doing anything shenanigans. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like none of the, none of the, like there were kids there. Nobody was like bumping into mm-hmm. the kids, but also like the dance party was raucous and everyone was having a great time. And at one point, this, this like SUV drove by and this, the moonroof was open and there was this, Little, this boy was maybe like eight or nine. Um, and uh, there was a Mexican flag out of one window of the truck and or of the SUV and an American flag out of the other one. And the boy was up there, you know, waving. And the, uh, the dance party gathered around the SUV. The boy was like the temporary center of the dance party. And like he was giving out fist bumps. And then right before the SUV pulled away, the kid like flipped the double middle finger and went, fuck Trump and his mom Pulled
4: him down. Immediately. <laughs> you don't play that shit with your mama in the car. But no, I know, I was, mean, so, she's it's like, so yeah. I drove all the way down the hill playing um uh Nipsey Hustle, never forget. Fuck fuck Donald Trump. But it West Hollywood became a mini pride. It was just like it was so and now it was the same surreal thing where I was like, I'm just gonna go like whip it down, see what's going on. And it became you saw all these people just flooding down and everyone masked up t- nose tucked in honey, but it still was just like, yeah, duck walk through Santa Monica Boulevard. Like, ba- like my two of my friends who are not very emotional people, apparently the first time they burst into tears is seeing this mom, this Brown mom have to explain to their kids, like why everyone is losing it and the kids crying too. And oh. I think like that, No one planned this. No one had, like, no one in their in-home drum set was like, I shall start a rhythmic movement. Like, it really (laughs) was, you watch people just have, like, breathe, breathe. And the Mm -hmm. breath was musical and, and, and dancing and hugs and, So many FaceTimes, like just burning through data. And it was just, (laughs) and all I wanted to do was be in New York with all of my best friends. But instead I was in LA with all my best friends and it was just, (laughs) it was wonderful.
2: (laughs) It's like 70% Um, of those people were there for Biden and Kamala. And then the other 30% were like, I just got to get out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> some people
1: were like,
4: mm, "Yeah, like oh, people are." Yeah, there was a lot here. of
1: masks at at my at my Echo Park celebration. Yeah. I was surprised; like, people were like moving around, and like when there were tight gatherings of people, pr- people were masked. Yeah, so it was, was easier
4: cool. for us too because it was it was the same thing where it was just like cars coming through. Like, I'm guessing some people saw Chrissy Teigen and John Legend roll through. Ariana Grande apparently rolled through, but she's so tiny, and she was just like. T- but um, it really was, I think, you know, it speaks to the demographic that would necessarily be happy about this, where it is like we still want to be safe. We're still having to pay attention to 12 things a day. I, I was talking to my godmother and her best friend. And she said she was walking through Washington Square Park, and then MSNBC switched to Washington Square Park, and then I saw the girl voguing in the fountain that she had just told me about on the phone. <laughs> but at the same, time, and so, but everyone is like having enough space and having their masks. and like, yeah, we have to have all of the fears. You have to hold space for all of the things at the same time. But if you don't take a second to be happy, yo, because this is still it's still rough as shit. But you have mm-hmm. to find Can I tell happy. You- did you make jam? What kind of jam you make, baby?
0: Oh god. <laughs> celebratory, oh. celebratory four-pair jam. Honey, you guys, it makes best. I love when you talk
4: dirty to me, baby. Oh,
0: no, but up here, so our county, our district is or our county is pretty reddish purple. Mm-hmm. It went blue, which oh, was like hi. a great thing. And so I had, of course, to leave because, guys, I was celebrating with the deer for all intents and purposes. (laughs) And so I'm like, I have to go. And it was warm, so everyone had their windows down. I'm like, I'm going to drive into town, in air quotes, because town is one street. (laughs) You guys, people, all of these people in different kinds of cars, windows down blaring the rising it wasn't even on sirius xm okay <laughs> i turned it on on my ipod on my iphone but everyone's sound, people blaring the rising uh queen a lot of queen A lot of really Queen. understand the queen a lot of queen a lot
1: of, <laughs> a lot of miley like, cyrus in my neck of the woods oh, a lot of yes, in the usa put your
0: hands. Yeah. yes <laughs> and people made homemade signs that said beep for biden and so you're driving down like roots and interstates, not interstates, I'm lying. It's not interstates, they're roads. And you just see a car coming and they hold up their signs as beep for Biden and everybody beeps and they all wave at each other. And we were like, oh, that was so nice. It was really like, it was like Mardi Gras on our Mm -hmm. main street.
1: Yeah, it was tiny little Mardi Gras. like weird
0: upstate, white people guys can
1: I speaking of rural white people I have to tell an anecdote about my dad my dad oh
0: yes one of the I hope one of this I hope it's the one
1: one of the world's the strangest men I'm just gonna say and I say that with with like deep admiration because I I owe a lot to him and how unabashedly weird he is um so my dad you know in in Polk County Wisconsin um Frederick Wisconsin to be more specific mm-hmm. it went 2 to 1 for Trump in um 2016 and it has become really like gross and trumpy in a way that i don't remember it growing up um i think it i think we voted for obama twice um I, it was always like sort of a purple rural county where people didn't really think po- like politics wasn't at the front of people's identities there and then when trump came into office people there was a switch where it's like Trump became like a substitute for their identities. And they're real, they're real assholes. Trump supporters up there are just real big time assholes. So my dad would put up signs on our property, like in a field, like Biden Harris signs, and they kept getting stolen over and over again. And uh, like, like, oh, like, that's not what that's not what voting is, you, you dumb hicks. That's not what vote. You don't. <laughs> so my dad, you know, after the I think the second or third time it had happened, he made a homemade sign about the size of a Biden Harris sign that said "Thieves for Trump," and he put it up in the field, and nobody stole that one. Um, and then after the win, my dad got a bunch more Biden Harris signs. And put a sign in the field, homemade, that says, free, take one, with all the Biden air <laughs> signs around it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, that brings me to my next point and my question for you, Alyssa. So, like, that, we're, we're gloating. We are gloating. We're driving around honking. We're having parties. Uh, are Democrats being sore winners?
0: Oh, God, no. God, no. We've earned the right. It's been a long time long couple of years. And a lot of people have both had day jobs and then spent their free time trying to stop really bad things from happening. So I think if there is one thing that everyone deserves, it's a fucking night off. It is to feel joy. Because here's the thing, is there one person on this Zoom right now who had joy and didn't think in the back of their head, I know this isn't going to last? No, that's why we had to feel joy. So, no, I think that if we're looking at the alternative, I can name some very, very bad losers, but I think that we're being very reasonable winners. (laughs) I mean, look at fucking Joe Biden, of all people. He's like, look, you guys, I know it's going to take you time to, like, get with God and understand I'm the president, and that's cool because when you come— when you come to that realization, I'm going to be here for you. He is like a high school therapist in the way he is dealing with Republicans. And so I think that we are just fine.
1: Yeah, Joe Biden is is being real classy about it, but that does not mean that I have to be. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Kieran, um, since you're in London, you're a foreign correspondent. Um- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> What was it like? I mean, I know that you're on lockdown, but was there any form of like local acknowledgement or kind of feeling of relief among the people that you're around?
2: I would say that the international sentiment is like you go to the fish and chip shop and the guy's like, Huh? So who do you think's is going to get it? Huh? You're American. You, you have all the answers. You're a political correspondent, you know, and you're like, look, man, I'm, this is what I'm hoping for. We don't know which way we know that the po- I basically cited Alyssa. I was like, the popular vote is definitely going to go his way. The electoral college is a toss up. And he's like, what's the electoral college? And I was like, great. Oh, shit. Oh, I was no. like, great questions. Uh, give me some <laughs> extra tips and, uh, and let's all cross our fingers, <laughs> you know? Um. But yeah. There, no, there's definitely, I think internationally, there was like, you know, when he got COVID, I think I was in Greece and it was like, Trump, COVID, huh? Yeah. Like, it was just like this. Like, <laughs> people, are, people, people, I mean, America's obviously globally has a global influence. So it, it's going to affect what every country does. They have like residual fireworks here from oh. Guy Fawkes. Like Guy Fawkes is when they, they tried, you know, they celebrate that guy who tried to blow up parliament. V for so, V for <laughs>
4: Vendetta, yes.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> but meanwhile, it's like American politics is kind of like slowly crumbling and disintegrating or we're like crossing our fingers that it's cool. And it's like this country's just like celebrating, you know, the idea of blowing up their government. And those, <laughs> those fireworks, they had been oh. left over. So mm. on the day when it was announced, there were still fireworks going off here. And in my heart, I like to say, oh, those are a celebration. Those were for... Biden and Kamala, you know, so they're, they're here for you. (laughs) I saw that like in Australia,
1: I I was re well, I, I I saw and read on Twitter that they were like people when they found out were like dancing in the streets and stuff there, which is crazy. I mean, can you, can you imagine being somebody that was so hated in so many places that when you get fired, people like lose their shit? Mm -hmm. Like.
4: No, because I have, I have like shame and like people who like me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Riri, I bet you have some some feelings on this. i'm I'm positive you have some feelings on this. But this week, Megan Kelly, uh, acting mm, like a, mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, you know what I'm you know where I'm going. Um her whole persona has kind of evolved into uh, angry wine mom writing a one-star Yelp review. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this week, she was just picking fights left and right with people. As, like, um, Kirsten Powers, like, the most harmless and, like, trying-to-be-good pundit in America, probably. Um, she tried to pick a fight with her. Megyn Kelly was trying to pick fights with people because she thinks that Democrats uh, and people celebrating this are oh kindness to Trump voters. Riri, what do you make of Megan Kelly's response? I don't owe
4: you shit. I don't owe you shit. Here's what I have to say. And look, I don't think, and I agree with Alyssa, I do not think this is gloating. Th- that was. I don't think that this is gloating because at the end of the day, we are all just like, holding our taints to make it through the re- the next couple of months like it is <laughs> going to be rough it's going to be a it's going to be a one ply okay so we have to take the moment but this whole conversation around like what we owe to the seventy million people who didn't think that it was enough that like babies are in cages and people are dying in the street and we don't have health care and like you're gray, you can't see your grandparents and the fact that this fucker is just like treating us like we aren't anything can honestly <laughs> Uh, suck a dick, suck so many. Uh, no, but like that's a jubilant, <laughs> that's a jubilant thing. They can really just. What do I don't understand this perspective? I don't understand why it's being like. Engaged with. I don't understand why these. There are full panels about how we need to treat them. They don't care if I'm alive as long as mm-hmm. they can feel that they have someone to fear superior to. So mm-hmm. like this whole conversation of like, well, should we talk about like how bad liberals look to them that they voted for this guy? No. Why aren't we talking about the fact that white supremacy is a, is a national threat? Why are like why aren't we talking about the fact that like Megyn Kelly just because Shirley's put on some like cheek implants to play you and like hardly got nominated you think you can come at people who are just trying to live
3: hardly got nominated
1: <laughs> it's just i mean it, it's sort of like a it's like a it's an ethos that prioritize that that views the feelings of republicans over the lives of Of everybody. But it's not even an
4: ethos. It is the it is the bedrock of this country. They're like someone Mm -hmm. tweeted that like this conversation speaks to even more to the fact that black and brown people have to learn so much more about white people to exist than they ever understand about themselves. So this like simping hard wearing a like fall Christian girl sweater shit that is happening. Like, you sit in your feelings all you want. I understand. I had a hard time four years ago, too. But, you know, my issue, it wasn't that I was worried that, you know, I might not be able to have the how many, uh, uh, the, the gun with all of these things, and I'm worried about a hypothetical abortion for a kid 12 states away. My worry is that someone's going to come in my house and kill me. So please, shut the fuck up. And just, like, I don't know, get your... QVC ass over there and sell some... I don't know. Some shift dresses. <laughs> I don't care.
0: And you know what? The, like And I feel like I come from a real place of moral superiority on this <laughs> for the following reason. <laughs> I do. I do. Because in 2004, when I was just like a little tiny little baby, baby with no gray hair... I worked for John Kerry, and I was in Boston. And as a little tiny baby, it was my job to figure out how you get everybody home after you lose, and how you get on the phone and figure out a concession speech because John Kerry felt it was very important that we didn't dither, that the transition of power is so important. Little Alyssa gets home to Washington D.C., and her very very old car uh, has been hit in its parking space, and uh. the, the front, the lights have been bashed out. Right the woman who hit me leaves a note with her phone number. I'm so sorry I did this. I get inside and I call and uh, I get the following voicemail. This is a fucking true story. Hi there. If you're getting this message, it's because I'm celebrating four more years of George Bush. Yay. And then the message. And I said to myself, I'm going to let her have her moment. You know what? I'm not going to call her. It was very nice of her to leave me a message. And, you know, I just let her be because, you know what? She wasn't gloating. She was celebrating. They won fair and square, and so let it be. I couldn't afford to fix my car and gave it to the Purple Heart Foundation, and that was the end of my 2004. So, like, these people – So, like, just – we can, we fucking won fair and square. No one cheated. It's like, that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You spent four years, and you guys, like, when we talk about the things that they did, those are fucking top line big ticket mm-hmm. items. It doesn't go all the way down to denying women that they trapped in detention centers abortions. It doesn't go to the fact that they've tried to murder every animal on the planet so that the <laughs> fucking the Trump boys can go big game hunting and put that shit up on their walls. I mean, they have literally tried to dismantle and corrode every single thing that people – Humans, not Democrats or Republicans, Mm -hmm. should give a shit about. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get on board with that and the only person you voted for on election day was your stock market, you know, which... Who even knows how that works anymore? It doesn't make any (laughs) sense. 220,000 people are dead and it keeps going up. It's like, I don't know what it means anymore. But that's so they can literally fuck themselves with the gloating. Because honestly, aside from people putting some glitter on their face and running through the streets, it's pretty much as bad as it's gotten. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Nobody's done shit. There have been no No. riots. Nothing bad has happened. And it's only been more fun. That's, oh, the the consequences. Things are more fun. Here's another consequence. I was in the border area between Utah and Arizona and- stopped at a very weird grocery store, which I could
0: kind of Oh, I loved that one. You should repost that. (laughs) The
1: only, maybe the only grocery store in the border between Utah and Arizona. I don't Mm. know. Very strange, like, secret compound vibes there. Nobody was wearing a mask. We were the only ones wearing masks, and we did get some pretty rude stares when we were there, but that's it. Um, Karen, I want to, we have to move on, but before we do, um, will you come back to America now? (laughs)
2: Please. Press. I will come back. Correct. Correct. Ooh. My imminent return is on its way. I will say that maybe it's because I have distance and because I'm socially isolated in a lockdown with, you know, only the vodka that I got from a liquor store to spare it, it <laughs> is. And there was nobody celebrating in the streets here. There were just some like, you know, random fireworks going off and the streets were empty and I feel a little jelly, not going to lie about all these stories, feel a little jelly, a little jelly on the telephone. It, 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 there is a, it is sobering to me how many people voted for him. Like the mm-hmm. it's it, yeah. regardless of the the voting and like you know who's gloating or isn't like Kamel Nanjiani had a tweet that I thought it was like it was like um, tomorrow we heal but now we gloat like I thought that was you know kind of like just to celebrate it isn't the worst thing but it 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 was so close like it it was something I was talking about like with my my friends on the telephone like first time voters it's like you know someone who's affected by DACA so like the policies are really gonna you know impact whether or not this person gets to stay in the country, you know, like it's a lot of people, this has real consequences for a lot of people in their lives. But there is something where people are like, man, I can't, I can't believe It wasn't a landslide with this. And I'm not saying like even if you're a lifelong Republican, I'm saying with this president, I can't believe it wasn't a landslide. And that's there's something really sobering about that to me. Even if you edge a person out by four million votes or you edge them out by these like certain counties, it's like there's still uh, like approximately half of the country that that looked at this person's policies for four years and said, this is chill. Not Mm -hmm. only is this chill, like I'm going to endorse this again. And, and, Mm -hmm. and what is that space? You know, like, why is that space? Is that social media and fake news? And like, you know, cause I'll go and I'll look and I'm very gullible. You know, I almost felt, victim to a Ponzi scheme, despite my, you know, hard exterior at six in the morning yesterday, you know, like, so I, I can be pretty gullible, but it's like, you know, sometimes it's like the voter fraud thing. Like those things can be really convincing. And if you get in the conspiracy theory, like, you know, rabbit hole, it can be easy to believe something, especially if you're susceptible. But I'm very curious about the, about the psychology that would watch those, those four years go by and, and say, you know, this and just say like I I will I will co-sign on this again. Cause so many of my friends who were Republicans did not co-sign on this again. Um mm-hmm. but so many Americans did. Mm-hmm. Not to be a yeah. not to be a poopy diaper, sorry guys. No, no, totally. no I think it's that's a
1: that's a I think that's an important way to close this. This conversation or this part of this conversation is like, what are we gonna do with all these people? (laughs) Like, what are we like? We we live in the same country as them, and and you know, and I hate to us versus them, but it is country. It really
2: is. yeah, Yeah,
1: like what what are we what are we what are we gonna do? I mean, my vote is we're colonizing the red states. I'm moving to Utah. No, I mean, not really, but let's all pick a red state and bring all of our friends and like, you know, we could swing Wyoming easily.
4: No, (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) go.
1: No, you don't have to go. You can wear stay. My you can stay.
4: Tiara
2: with pride, honey. No, honey, it is oh, the property is so reasonable. You can do everything over Zoom. You'll have a big home. You know, you'll have No, a big but home do they have way. a John and Venny's? I don't think so. So we gotta, we gotta <laughs> make a decision. They can if you just believe. If you just believe
1: you right girl, Moab you're is right. a cool town. I could live in Moab for like a month and then I would get bored. But anyway, um, okay, we have to take a quick break. Guys, I'm so glad we were all here for this conversation. You were the the perfect crew. But when we come back, we're going to do I Feel Petty. Let's take a break.
3: Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst.
1: little bit of housekeeping first. Keep an eye out for more info from Vote Save America on how you can help in the two Georgia Senate races coming up in a couple months. Okay, we're back. We've reached the part of the show where we take adamant stances about things that aren't that important. It is I Feel Petty. Okay, I can start because mine's stupid. Um, So like I've said, I'm I'm currently in Utah. Um, My I Feel Petty has to do with Uh, camping, Uh, (laughs) the first night we were here, so so I made a reservation based on an Instagram post about interesting Airbnbs. And it was like this A-frame (laughs) facing— Riri's laughing at me. (laughs) Uh, It was an (laughs) A-frame facing a mountain range uh, with like a little deck. And it looked really cool. And it just like was very, you know, picturesque. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a stranger to the outdoors— love being outside. Um, But my, I feel petty this week is if, unless you are specifically going to camp in the cold, uh, you should not be sleeping outside when it's like below freezing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was 18 degrees the first night that we were in the A-frame and we ended up canceling the rest of the reservation. (laughs) We survived the night. (laughs) It was like, Me, the dog wedged in between me and my husband, like, the hot dog in a hot dog bun, and, like, five blankets on top of us. And even then, like, your face should not be cold when you're sleeping, and… I don't understand. Like, don't sleep outside in the cold. That's why I feel petty. Is it? It's not. It's not worth it. It looks fun. It looks cozy on Instagram. It might be like, oh, this is great. No, it's not great. No, Aaron, this is why we want
4: white people not to have rights. Like, this is. <laughs> this is it looks fun. Honey, no, it looks like the like how 2012 when they like this is how it ends. It this is how cold. it looks ew. cold. I agree. It, it looks cold. cold. Thank you. It looks cold. And this is coming from yeah. someone who loves a statement coat. Do not do that. <laughs> be this girl. Check I your furnaces. Think-
1: you need to go in prepared with, like, the sub-zero sleeping bag. And you need to go in, like, in that mindset. Because in, in Nepal, I slept in, you know, 20-degree temperatures in a tea house. But that's not the same thing as, like, yeah, I just wasn't prepared and it was a, it was a bad thing. And you're right, Riri, you should take away my rights. I, 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 <laughs> I did a, a, a right uh, forfeiting act by sleeping in they
2: inside so you don't have to sleep outside.
1: Mm. (laughs) Well, we did sleep inside, but there was no insulation. So the temperature was basically the same. And it was just very, very cold.
4: Uh, Follow up from Laurel Canyon. Um, Aaron Ryan, really quickly, uh, is this the consequence of you combining your earnest interest with the outdoors with the algorithm that is Instagram, that is manipulating your true interest (laughs) into something that could be (laughs) visually pleasing and therefore forsaking your core values?
1: Yes, that is true. When you're going also like yes, that is so insightful Riri. I've never heard a truer thing. I'm going to go look at the wall for 10 minutes to process the trueness of that <laughs> statement. No, it's absolutely true. Like the not everything that is fun is visually Stunning and not everything visually stunning it's fun, is fun,
2: is fun. I've been on Instagram reels and it's like it's very seductive. It's all babies mm-hmm. and dogs, and then mm-hmm. and then these like beautiful places where people are where there's these cinematic videos and it's basically like life porn. Life
3: porn that gets
2: in parrots over the thing and I like live it for just a second. I'm like, I want to live like that. And I was like, these people aren't even living like that. There's a fucking camera set up behind them. You know, you're shooting- <laughs> whenever you're shooting footage, you're not having a nice time. You know what I mean?
4: No, see, no, because that's real. Because that's like actually great. And I will be going to Paris as soon as I can get free. So I don't, (laughs) I think they're really true.
1: (laughs) Well, guys, I haven't learned my lesson at all because tomorrow I'm going to be rappelling into a canyon in a harness. So uh, best of luck. This may be the last time you hear from me. Okay, who wants to go next with I Feel I'll go next.
0: Okay, Mostly so I can say I can't really judge Erin because my husband climbed Kilimanjaro and Everest like her. And I just, it's something I don't understand.
1: Um, I didn't climb Everest. I went to base camp and I was like, good enough, and I turned same, around. Same, Okay.
0: okay. <laughs> um, so a couple days ago, the New York Times did a big article on the genius of the Biden campaign. Who's smart? Who made it happen? And they fucking didn't mention the campaign manager, yep. Jen O'Malley Dillon. <laughs>
4: That's so crazy.
0: It was so insane that I saw it because Hillary Clinton tweeted about it. Yeah. Hillary's Hillary's tweet reads, one other reason Biden won the election, unmentioned in this article, is his brilliant campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon. She managed a team in unprecedented circumstances and stayed on target under the highest stakes possible. Congrats and thank you, Jen. So... What the fuck?
4: That's that is wild.
0: so disgusting. Like it was so made my brain blow apart that because there was so much coming out though that I felt like maybe not everyone saw that and knew how ashamed the New York Times should be. So I just wanted to flag it. Jen O'Malley Dylan. we all thank you. We see you and we love you.
4: Very yes. true. Also, it Very is true. kind of amazing too because she purposely kept her profile low so she could do her fucking job. In right. turn, they took that as, like, an opening to a race. Like, this woman's, like, mm-hmm. extraordinary fucking- First yeah. woman
0: to run and win a Democratic race. I mean, come the fuck on. They yeah. certainly gave Kellyanne Conway her mm-hmm. due. Well, Kellyanne you know, Conway gave herself up, her due.
4: If she had been a woman who's, like, had spoken up, maybe. Counterpoint- Kellyanne Conway was counterpoint. The, prince,
2: the writer so. was probably still hungover. On there, they had there were three a writers article, and they were partying together Alyssa,
0: okay <laughs> kieran
2: have some more fish and chips <laughs>
4: oh wow oh, fighting because, words I want, I want some so bad That's, girl that sounds so that good they
2: know me at the store you do understand like, my face and they see me and then I go in with my mask and my glasses fog up and I'm such a loser like it's like because the doors are open and then my foggy glasses and I can't see the fish it's a mess
4: but um, you got it though you got that fish and uh, so no. that's you doing what
1: you need to do okay Karen. what do you feel petty about this week
2: I feel petty about two things I mean just in, in terms of your you know discussion of the cold and your really, you know, kind of mind-blowing and insane take that was impossible for a re-reunited process. It gets (laughs) dark here so fucking early. It gets dark so early. I... I'm up in the opposite hours of the sun. I have become a true vampire. And while there's part of me that likes it, the other part doesn't like it. I don't like basically waking up when there's no sunshine or it's just Mm -hmm. a gray sky. It's like the weather here just looks like what depression feels like. It just goes on and on and on (laughs) forever. And it's just gray. And it makes me really, it makes me kind of bummed. Like I've drawn the curtains now. I'm like an old, like Miss Havisham, like, (laughs) shut <laughs> <laughs> it. I've like drawn the blackout curtains and I was like, I suppose I'll just stay inside, you know. And another day,
4: another day of yes. and was, like,
1: that. Dogs. That's because you, it's because you have a whole gland in your brain that is supposed to like reward you for being awake in the day. We have a, we're supposed to be awake in the day.
4: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. The, I you, uh, the, okay. I just Googled it. facts. Okay. The pineal
1: gland. I
2: just, Pen- I, pineal gland? I personally just feel like the weather should be sunny everywhere for longer.
3: Ooh. <laughs> that's yes. my thing. I, this whole
2: mm. idea, I'm like, with you. The whole idea that, that you go to Norway and it's like, there's 22 hours of darkness or 22 hours of daylight. It's crazy. I think that mm. it, we need a conversation. Like we all need a little more stability. You know? a conversation.
4: Yeah. We need a conversation <laughs> with the I'm ready to have that conversation. To sit down. I also what which did we upset that every year we forget how horrible it is, how good it gets done. It is it's- I have this conversation every year, every single year. I've been like I live in LA now, but like I grew up in the East Coast. I'm used to coats at Halloween. And mm-hmm. this Halloween, I was on the East Coast, and I really was like, "Can you believe?" It's like, "Girl, you lived here for eighteen yeah, years, yeah, yeah, and you were <laughs> stricken with crazy." It was so funny.
1: though. All right, Riri, we we got to get you out of here because you're a, a very busy woman with Ugh, commitments. Um, I'm a so, what do you fi- lady, yeah. <laughs> what do you feel petty about this week?
4: Okay, uh, guys, full honesty, came out with this in the last six minutes, but it it is great. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Beyonce just released uh, that she has a collaboration with Peloton in order to have specific app rides for like, um, there'll be special deals for like students and different communities. That's awesome. Move your body, work your body. I think that's really great. What I feel petty about other than the fact that I'm probably going to end up buying a Beloton, is <laughs> the fact that this woman dropped a whole fashion line two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that no one could get. It was fully sold out. And then she dropped just a few pieces yesterday as the announcement happened so that you could get her workout clothes to go along with the with the new <laughs> workout app. The mo- The evil genius that this has is so... Upsetting to me because yes, I was in a hotel on the Eastern, Eastern Shore three weeks ago, double clicking, getting nothing. And then she has the <laughs> hard, the audacity to try to get my money again. And and you know what? She's gonna try to get, I'm gonna probably give it to her if I can, but what <laughs> And so I just feel like in this time of giving and reflection, okay, I think that she should drop. Ivy Park, like, aid boxes to um, <laughs> bougie, <laughs> bougie fat assed women across the country. <laughs> That's all
3: right.
1: Opinion. I have to respect all these petty things. And then um, just to close, Alyssa, what I was going to say about Christmas is that I believe that this year we can. I can make an exception. Christmas season starts in, whenever you need it to. Thank, Thank you. You it can Thank start you. now. You can start after Thanksgiving. It's been a rough year. What about, start it when you need? Right? It. Can we
2: have a now? Can we have a collective? I don't know if this is a petty or a shout out, but I just was very curious about your opinions on Doug. Have we discussed Doug already? Have you guys Ooh. talked to Doug?
1: Oh, love him.
4: How love do we him. Know about
2: Doug. I. I. That, that he made. He made me cry with a tweet. I'm real.
4: Doug I'm real. Is, invi- Doug is the man. Very I'm very earnest. If any of you guys have just like grateful slightly taller than me men, let me know. That is what you need. That, oh God. He knows he's blessed and that's beautiful. I love yes, his duck. Really I does. love a
2: duck. I really love, love, love the duck. One we of the wear we love best to the inauguration. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Oh, my gosh. We can only hope that he will wear a formal sweater. He'll he'll have an array of sweater vests, and he'll have several sweater vest changes throughout the day. Um, <laughs> Riri and Kieran, thanks for coming by today. Thanks to my ride-or-die Alyssa. Thanks to Representative Katie fucking Porter. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. There will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media Production. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastermonico is our co-producer, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer, and our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Our digital team is Narmel Konian and Matt Degroot. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support every week.